My friends of Christ, the Christ you see pictured on the cover of today's bulletin, it's a close-up from one of the bronze ceremonial doors, that Christ hardly looks like a king as he stands there bound and vulnerable and crowned with thorns. If this is a king, it is a king like no other. And so is the Christ up there in the beautiful processional crucifix. He too defies any notion of kingship. The same can be said of the Christ of those three great stained glass windows in the east apse of the cathedral. He is represented six times in the two outer windows, but in none of them, none of them, does he look anything like a king. Take time to take a careful look at them sometime, if you haven't already. They are more than just colorful and beautiful decorations. They are what I would call gospels in glass, meant to be read, meant to be studied, most importantly, meant to be lived. Those windows have an interesting history. Nearly 30 years ago now, when we were renovating the cathedral, a noted stained glass artist by the name of Hans von Stockhausen came here all the way from Germany to create those incredible windows. At the time, they were about half as long as they are now, and they were mostly hidden behind a very elaborate altarpiece from the 1950s. Well, von Stockhausen spent a week here, looking around the cathedral, sitting here in the cathedral, and then taking in the life of the cathedral. At the end of the week, he told me, I know what we should do to complete those windows. We should tell the parable of the Last Judgment from Matthew's Gospel. You know the parable. You just heard it. Come, you blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom, because I was hungry, and you gave me food, thirsty, and you gave me drink, imprisoned, and you visited me, ill, and you cared for me, naked, and you clothed me. A powerful parable, to be sure, but I wondered why the artist was so certain that it was that parable, that story, that should be told in the new stained glass. Well, his answer to me was quick and coming. I have sat in the cathedral for a week, he told me, and I have walked around these grounds, and what I have seen here day after day is people doing those very things, feeding the hungry, visiting the sick, welcoming the stranger. I was deeply moved. In only a few days, he had discovered the heartbeat of St. James Cathedral. He had discovered the holiness of this place. He had discovered the parishioners. He had discovered you. My friends, this is the feast of Christ the King. Did it seem a little strange to hear that gospel parable about feeding the poor and clothing the naked? Why not something a little more grand, a little more regal? And the answer is that the king is not whom we might think. The king was betrayed by a trusted friend, taken prisoner, mocked and scourged, nailed to a cross. The king was despised by many, weak, silent, defenseless. The king was a laughingstock. And it's no different now, you know. The king, the Christ, is still a laughingstock, still an object of scorn. Why? Well, because he doesn't look like a king. 
and he doesn't act like a king. King Christ, as we heard in that parable, is poor and hungry and thirsty and naked and in prison and all alone. The king, the Christ, is, in the words of Dr. Martin Luther King, the least, the lost, and the last. The very ones Jesus identifies himself with in that parable when he says, for as often as you did it to one of these, the least of my brothers or sisters, you did it for me. And we are to do the same, my friends, the same as Jesus did. Not just reach out to them in loving service, certainly that, but to actually identify with them, to see ourselves as related to them, sisters and brothers. Just as Jesus cared far more about his kinship with them than he ever cared about kingship, so must we. Dear friends, as you well know, this is not my gospel, nor is it some left-wing socialist manifesto. It is the Christian gospel, the only gospel we have. When you have a chance, I hope you'll take time to study those windows up there. The central one is all about baptism, which calls us to follow Christ and to do as he did, and the two outer ones are that parable represented in glass, inspired by the gospel, inspired by you. Study them you must. It's not just enough to glance up at them and see their beautiful colors. But if you do study them, you will see the king there, the Christ. You will see him betrayed in the garden, kissed by the betrayer, crowned with thorns, thirsting from the cross, and so much more. But don't stop there. Read the very words from today's gospel, which are above and below each of those representations of Christ. I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was hungry, and you did not give me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was thirsty, and you did not give me drink. And on and on. Read those words, and then ask the questions the artist hoped you would ask when you look at those windows. Question, where is the hungry Christ now? Where is the thirsty Christ now? Where is the imprisoned Christ now? My friends, as you know, he's no longer in the Garden of Gethsemane. He is no longer climbing the lonely road to Calvary. He is here, here, in our midst, in, in disguise so much of the time. But this is where we must look for him. And this is where we will find him.